All right, you diaper babies, it's time to crush the news. Mealy, 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 me. Chug, 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 why? What are you gonna do about it? Get off the desk. Why don't you come up here and make my- <gasps> Ow, my keys! Welcome back to EXPN, your only source for up-to-date coverage on the League of Ultimate Questing and one of the many sources for cerebral emetic that is Dirk Bradley. And I'm Warren Rusborough, the cool washcloth and chicken soup of the broadcast scry industry. I'm not feeling very soothed. The illness rarely does when the cure comes to town. In other news... Oh, dear. What's up? Find another way to snack on my lunch bag? Shut up, Dirk. Spark Spellpuncher is dead. Wait, what? While on personal leave in the Moo Aether space, he discovered a distress signal. He found a family of Outer Sphere settlers becalmed ahead of a maelstrom. Towing the ship free of the Aether Wells, Spark was able to save the family. However, he was tragically caught in the cosmic storm. Oh, my gods. To meddle in mana and the family of Spark Spellpuncher, we send our deepest condolences. Losing a teammate and a friend like that. I don't know what I'd do if something happened to you. Thank you, Dirk. The League has provided a reel of highlights for Spellpuncher to remember him as he was. A hero in the League. A legend in our hearts. You lay upon the bed in your sparse bedroom, candles lit, scentless, filling the air with the odor of burned wicks and the medicinal herbs that are being ground by your coach. Falric Sunderholm cuts his forearm and pours blood into the mortar and pestle. He mixes a few more times and begins to anoint your head, your heart, and just above the genitals. Are you ready? Yes, I suppose I am. When I moved you into phase with the Astrum before, you have to understand it was a space of my making. You're carving out a portion of it for yourself. There's not much here. This plane is weak in Astrum. I don't understand why. It's part of the reason, I think, why they imprisoned me here in the first place. I'm only thankful that they were able to give me a reason to get out. But now I'm here. The Rakshasa crosses its arms, thumbs extending below the elbows. Don't worry. You're coming with us. I have a question for you. What would you say is your greatest weakness? This isn't a job interview. It's important. Part of me would say that my own physical limitations are somewhat of a weakness, but I don't think that strikes true enough. Not at all. It seems that all the gifts I have, all the power I've managed to manifest are dependent on others. He takes his bloody finger and taps you on the nose. Isn't that just the ticket? Others. (laughs) Well, I think we know what you'll find there. He rubs the bloody mixture between his first two fingers and his thumb, and then moves your eyelids closed. As he does, you fall through reality, a sudden sinking feeling, almost like a jerk while you're dreaming. But it never ends. The falling continues, and soon you are enveloped in nothingness. There is no wind to tell you how far 
or how fast you're falling. And there's nothing slowing you down. I'm there. I'm asleep. Is anyone there? You hear your own voice come back at you. Yes, of course. He sent me to a place for me to create. Ah, how does one do such things? I'm going to try to imagine the ground coming up below me. Something to land on and stop falling. As you do, the impact is intense. You forgot to slow yourself. (sighs) Such things are real here, then. Very well. Looking down at my own hands, my robes, taking inventory of what's real and what's not, I'll uh, get down on one knee and feel the ground. It's nothing. It's just the idea of ground, with no context, no purpose. I imagine the feeling of grass under my fingertips. Grass sprouts from the nothing where you touch. It's cool, comforting. This has more context than anything you've seen thus far. I'll zero my focus in on trying to let it spread. And it does, overtaking the nothingness as far as the eye can see. But there is no light to shine on it, no hills, no contours, just flat plain of grass. Sun, no. Moon. And there it is. A simple, flat circle. No contours. No craters. Just white light. I begin walking. There is no parallax, no change of perspective. The grass doesn't move, it's just a pattern. And as you take a closer look, you realize the pattern is repeating over and over and over again. Like something false. I begin to speed up. You feel again the same way you did when you were falling. It's meaningless. It's just a gesture. Speed doesn't have any context because the size of the grass doesn't have any context. There's nothing to compare it to. Just more grass. I'm at a dead run. Roll me a wisdom save. A save, you say? Mm Mm-hmm. Natural 20. Oh, oh, oh. The distant thought of exhaustion enters into your mind and you feel it start to slip into your bones. And then you ignore it. And it doesn't come. It doesn't settle in like a dry twist. It doesn't grab every joint in your body. It just fades away like water flowing off of your body in the shower. I take a few large leaps, chuckling to myself. The first couple are normal leaps, the kind that your body is capable of. Then you take leaps that your body isn't capable of. Then you realize that there's no gravity, and so you stick in the air. Well, this is wonderful. Oh, I wish brother was here. He would love this game. You hear a footstep behind you, like something landing. I look. There is a caricature. An absurd doll. It looks something like your brother, sort of. But not. Like an action figure. It's holding still? Yes. I didn't imagine this. Or did I? Lower down and investigate it. It is a tall thing. Narrow, like you remember. It's tilted to the side, almost like it's broken at the feet. It's wrapped in a traveler's cloak. It has a hat, though it's not quite like you remember. There's no telltale dust on his leather boots. As you look closely, the face begins to manifest freckles, even contours. You see skin almost come into being. Hair turns from a flat, 
doll-like blonde to a color of hay, and the eyes snap to you. It disappears. Come back. Did I create that? So lifelike. The cloak, the red leather boots, the smell, the smile. Brother, where did you go? In the darkness, you hear an answer. I'm not really sure what to make of the old man. He's a powerful spellcaster, but I I don't really understand what he's doing in the league. He's a valuable member of the team, but it doesn't seem to be what he wants to be doing. If he could leave, I think he would. Are you there, Hal? No, of course not. None of this makes sense. I'm sure if Sister was here, she could put two and two together, but... You hear another sudden crunch as something lands on the grass behind you. Yes, I see. Turn to face it. It is not the visage of your sister, but you do recognize it. It is a fawn. Half of it is strong, muscular, and tall. The other small, frail, and sweet. You recognize it as Penny and Pennycos. You hear her voice. I don't know why I left the room. I never... I didn't say goodbye to them. I was upset and I just left. But... I love Diavo so much. He was the one I was closest to and I... I owed him a goodbye. I'm still not sure what to think of Ayavos. He's been so distant ever since I was born. When I look at him, I I feel something. Something repressed, something I'm I'm missing, but... When I talk to him, it's not there. He... I don't know. He looks at me strangely. Oh, dear sweet Penny. So tragic. I almost regret manifesting you here if it is indeed my mind guiding this. You needn't owe me anything. Think of my brother, Halophon appears. Think of my sister, Penny, appears. This is strange. (sighs) Zayabos looks over his shoulder. The first thing that appears on the horizon is a willow tree. Not too far off. Just a glance of it. The silhouette of it. The cairn stone underneath it. Yes, of course you're here too. I could never forget. It's good to see you. And feel you, even if it's in my dreams. On the opposite side of the cairn stone beneath the willow tree, a body hangs by a neck that isn't there. His thirst for knowledge and desire, his his homesickness makes him so much easier to control. But he has taken care of me. It will make it much more painful when I disappoint and hurt him. Feeling the sting of the truth of these words, I almost waves his hand, almost mixing the tree away like watercolors in the distance, and attempts to reshape them into something more familiar, instead of the silhouette of a lone tree, a rickety farmhouse. Too far to make details of. And slowly, a half-living, half-dying field creeps towards him along the ground. 
atop the collapsing roof is an old sailor, rotting away, a pantomime wheel in his hands. I wish I knew half a half what that old fart knows. Does he fart? He must with all that stew he eats. <laughs> he would have been terrible on the ship. Kept people alive with food, but terrible on the ship. But Mother Ocean, he would have been good with the tribe. I hope he doesn't ask me to leave like they did. As Iavo studies the farm and hears the words, he thinks to himself. Mother, father, sister, brother, child the third. What am I forgetting? There's something there. Something that didn't come with my memories. But what? I'll start walking towards the farm. It feels familiar. More alive than anything you've conjured so far. It feels right. And more importantly, you feel that you belong here. Something should be here. Meeting me. He narrows his eyes and the sound fills the air. And an old mangy farm dog comes running up. Yes, of course. Fairweather. He kneels down and pets it on the head. My old friend. How have you not made your way into any of my prayers? You were as loving and faithful as any of my family. Roughhouse the dog a little bit, scritch his ears and toss him around. He seems so real. The smell of him, the texture, everything. But more real than any of it is the way he looks at you. And for a moment, you realize what you'd forgotten. Yourself. And seeing his love for you reflected in his eyes, it all comes rushing back. The strength, the power, the heart. You can feel the land spreading out below you. The distant trees of the black forest, the rolling hills, the long roads. Maybe, maybe they'll be all right. They've got Wushaw now. I could stay. We could make this as real as anything I've lived through before. So, you're leaving us then? The voice comes from behind you, so real and so close. Your heart begins to beat, harder and faster than you could possibly anticipate. And when you turn around, Panikos is standing there, weapon in hand. And why not? Everyone else has. I'm not surprised, Davos. But I am disappointed. I thought you'd made a new family with us. But you're just running back to what you used to know. Not all of us can vanish in a trumpet of angelic flourish. Back to our families that exist in a place we can visit them. Maybe just a week or two. A, a month at most. Siren call of the wilderness. I understand it. I've heard it loud. But all travel's gonna end sometime, and I know what it's like to be lonesome. A lot of you butting heads in some gladiator pit. I'm just dragging you back. This is where I belong. My magic's not meant for slaughtering, for gaining glory. It's meant for mending the earth, changing the tide of things. After all, you are a smart and wise man. This is the best thing you could do. But don't forget, we made a deal. There they stand, ranged along the withering acre, weapons in hand. Defend yourself against your demons. I want all of you to roll for initiative. Oh, shit. Ooh. <laughs> I want all of you to kill Iavos. Some I all violence here. Feel free to play your characters. 
What is the initiative order, Michael? It will be Gaspar at 18, Hal at 17, followed by Iavos at 17, Wusha at 16, dot, 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 Penn at four. <laughs> Whew. Having a rough day, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Gaspar is up first. You think you can just walk away? You owe me. It's my job to hunt down debts. Aim the crossbow and go for the leg so he can't get away from me. Ooh. That is a minus one. 23 to hit. Yep, that hits. Does aim trigger sneak attack? Yes. I just can't move. When Iavo sees the telltale scope sighting of Gaspar and his crossbow, his armor immediately initiates its damage reduction to piercing as it tightens and coils around him as a living entity. That is 26 points of piercing damage. Wow. Cut down to 13. Indeed. When the bolt finds home, you feel pain, but it's not like pain you've experienced before, not pain of the flesh, but pain of the soul. There's something cutting away from you. You feel a piece of Gaspar, a piece of how you think of him, how you feel about him, fade away. At the end of Gaspar's turn, I'm going to trigger one of my new Dream Space legendary actions. Mm. And I'm going to use Dream of Power to cast a cantrip. Uh, And I'm going to hit Gaspar with a frostbite. No, that probably misses. 13? That will miss. Okay. As a cantrip, it's an all or nothing scenario. So frigid cold blows over you, but you probably protect yourself with your cloak, I would imagine. As the icy winds rip across the withering acre, permafrost settles in to the topsoil. You see the leaves blow away off the trees and winter settles into the land. This isn't the same magic as it was before. Focus, Iavos. After that, it's Hal. I knew you might leave, Iavos. We'll be okay without you. If this is what you need to do, you can go. Hal casts Bless on the rest of the party. Nice. Nice. Counterspell. That's so good. I catch your divine energy in my hand and snuff it out like a match and say, not here. (laughs) Very well, old man. If you'd rather I fight, it's your funeral. I charge. When you get within five feet of me, the spell that I cast, Faithful Hound, attacks you from the invisible realm. (laughs) Is that a ghost dog? I got a ghost dog. (laughs) And he stays right next to me. And he bites with a big old chomp. (laughs) So that is a 26 to hit. 26 will hit. Yep, yep, yep. So you take 22 piercing damage. Ooh. Ooh. Fucking Lord. That's a mean ass dog. So what I should have said was I rage and then charge. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say that. Uh, so I bleed and then rage. That's awesome. <laughs> well, it makes sense. You're attacked and then you rage. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that ends Hal's turn. So on Iavos's turn, God, this is so hard because I'm fucking spellcaster and I really have to balance my shit. <laughs> uh, nice thing about Mordek and Sound, not a concentration spell. Oh, really good stuff. I'm just going to use a Toll the Dead on Halifon Orison Jr., as the familiar chime of the third child's bell rings a one-note dirge. Mm. Mm. Not my best save. How's a 17? 
That is the DC at this level. So I pass. Mm-hmm. And then as my bonus action, I take the plowshare off of my back with a shrug, relieved at the loss of its weight, and then I hand it to the warrior. And he wields it deftly as he strikes you with it. Mm. Bibidabapu. And I am casting this at seventh level. Whoa. <laughs> Good Christ. I, I beg your pardon? <laughs> as, in, as in you as a seventh level character are casting it? Something like that. Um, I have a 19 to hit your AC. 19 does hit my AC. Uh, 18 force damage from the spiritual weapon. Ooh, force damage. Yikes. This isn't even his final form. <laughs> it's about to be Hal's. He the weight off of his back. I'm at half my health already. Ooh. Good. There's fucking four of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's three of you now. That's me. All I can do. Wusha. Wusha puts his hand to the ground and says, Yalvos, I can't make you do nothing, but I hear things too. Mother Ocean says, stay. I'm going to cast Healing Spirit directly under you mm. as my little tide pool bubbles into life. And then I'm going to close in. Seeing as that's a bonus action, I am going to throw each of my spears. Nice. That one probably misses. We're looking at a eight and an 18. Shield. All right. Yeah. Wushaw cocks both his arms back and one after another rapidly throws his spears, one wide and awkward and the other closing in toward you. Your magic deflects it away. Yeah, I simply look at them as if they're moving in slow motion in my dream state and just kind of push them away from me as they get close. Oh, all right. You want to be kicked in the axe? <laughs> it's my turn. At the end of your turn, I'm going to use another legendary action for a dream of power. I've studied Wuxia's anatomy and asked him a ton of questions. I literally pretty much climbed inside of him. Do I, I almost know that Wuxia has any resistance to poisons? You know any resistances he has? I do not. Okay. Uh, I'm going to hurl a poison spray in your face. Gross. All right. <laughs> As I pick a leaf, it decays into black sludge, and then I... Horrible. That's a constitution save, yeah? That is a constitution save. All right, all right. Let's see how good I do. Not bad. That is going to be an 18 total. That definitely makes it. Man, I have a really good DC and y'all are blowing <laughs> past it. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's my legendary action. Uh, after Wuxia's turn is Pen. You've almost forgotten Pen. As still as she's been this entire time. But as you look over... Her body is shaking, and suddenly her head tilts, and she looks directly at you, her eyes flashing brilliant green. But not the normal green that you're used to seeing. It's brighter, stronger, like spotlights. Arsenico seems stronger here, as Pen is surrounded by an aura of smoke which takes the shape of a monstrous stag. She moves towards you, her sword drawn. She didn't die for me, Ayavos. If you leave, then what did her life mean? Are you closing combat? I am. Uh, my turn has come and gone, so I can once again attack with my dog, and it's going to bite you when you get within five feet of me. Which D20 is not going to suck my butt. Oh. 
Does a 27 hit Penn's AC? It does. What a good dog. Ooh, hello. Oh, these two suck ass. The other ones are good. Uh, Beetle B, 17 piercing damage from the good boy Fairweather. Pentecost doesn't seem to notice the damage as her eyes stay locked on you. She pulls back and delivers a powerful blow. Mm. 14 and 19. Because I cast shield, neither of those hit. Ooh. Ooh. Green flames stream from Zillos as she strikes again and again upon your shield. But it holds. Nice. As this is happening, you realize what it is in her gaze that's unsettling you. She's hunting you. That was a hunter's mark. And now I'm done. Ooh. I'm marked. Mm. That brings us back to the top of the initiative round. The top of the round triggers my withering acre layer action, which is awoken mind. It just means I can cast one of my spells with an action casting time. Iavo stomps his foot into the dry wintry soil. The stone and earth begins climbing up his leg, encasing him in stone. And as he casts stone skin, he becomes one with the dead earth of the withering acre. What is astrum? The word pertains to stars. Yet the substance, if it can indeed be called such, has little or no relation to the physical phenomenon of the fusion reactors which hang in some skies, nor the windows from spheres into the plane of fire, nor the body of dead gods enshrined in radiant sky tomes that some gaze upon in the night. In fact, astrum has no relation to any physical phenomenon, for astrum is not measurable in the material phase any more than matter has weight or presence in the astral phase. You'll note my use of the term phase. As our meta-scientific terminology matures, it is important for us to divorce ourselves from the erroneous, if comforting, notions to which we have thus far clung. Dispensing with philosophy, astrum is a one of three states, or phases, of energy. Matter is one phase, the highest frequency. It is dense, static, and its potential is fixed. The laws which govern the material plane are also dense and static, with little in the way of wiggle room. This is the phase in which we reside, or so we believe. The next phase, at a lower frequency, is ether. The laws of the ethereal are somewhat flexible. Matter leaves impressions in the ether and creates psychic, for lack of a better term, counterparts. This is one part of the magical energy which flows freely through and around us. It is also the conduit between our material and astral phases. For the astral phase, the lowest frequency has no rules. It is not bound by the absurdities of the matter or ether. It is a phase of pure thought, pure abstract. Our minds are small things which cannot grasp the breadth of the astrum. And yet our bodies fade and the dream of sleep swaddles us in the void. Our minds, souls if this word comforts you, drift free of our mortal prison and into the place where all things are possible. We're about to witness a planar phenomenon, a keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into... The Adverse.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Are you one of the countless people struggling with bad memories? Do you experience troubling dreams that you wish you could forget? Do you have a fear of everyday life? Hi there, I'm Dr. Eli Lifford. My new cutting-edge natural treatment plans are guaranteed to help clean away all of your fears and dark memories. Just listen to a few of my satisfied customers. I used to be sad, but now I am here. I don't remember what I was afraid of anymore. Also, who am I? (laughs) Oh, Oh, excuse me. Another satisfied customer. Call today for your appointment with me, Dr. E. Lifford. Recovery never tasted so sweet. Hey, all you cuties. I mid-rolled the bed. Can I sleep with you? We just got done with our Rose City Comic Con weekend, and it was a lot of fun. If you made it to the show, thank you so much. We also had a great time at our meet and greet afterwards. There were so many wonderful people to hang out with. We drank deeply and now we're all recovering and smiling. We have so much planning and exciting new stuff coming for Season 2, you're in for a real treat. Now's the perfect time to join the Patreon if you haven't yet. If all of our fans just invested a dollar a month, we would see enough growth to make some major upgrades. But we want it to be worth it for you, so we'll be doing our best to keep the D&D resources coming. And if you want to join our legendary teams, you can do that at the top tiers. The current legendary teams are the Titans Rise, the Twilight Concord, the Forgotten Legacy, and this week's featured team, the Ceaseless Horde, with Dave Mladenoff, Daniel Pickens-Jones, Patch Perryman, and Jeff Ammons. For personal messages or to reach out for possible advertising opportunities, use admin at slapdashstudios.com. Follow us at twitch.tv forward slash slapdashstreams for Monday Night Live premieres, Pokemon Soul Link Nuzlocks, Pen Pals, and so much more. We've taken down the enamel pins from the Etsy store, so if you got one in time, congratulations. We hope to do more in the near future. And we hope to see you join the Discord and get to know each and every one of you. But that's enough out of me, let's get you back to the Battle Axis. Assassin's Dagger? No. Falcata? Mm-hmm. No. Back to Corbin? No. No. Badachi? Mm-hmm. Flamberge? I can't decide! There's so many different ways to kill someone, and sometimes the hardest part is choosing what weapon to do it with. Well, for those of you with foes to slay but no imagination, there's an all-new subscription service to keep your arsenal ever-changing. Introducing Hitbox, the weekly weapon subscription kit. We'll send you a new implement of killing, sharpened and ready for action. If you don't like it, you can send it back for a new one. 
Once you've done the deed, we offer cleaning and sharpening services for your new tool of the trade. Sign up for our lower tiers to get simple weapons or our executive tier that sends you a wide range of martial weapons right to your door. Fill out a questionnaire regarding your stat build and we'll find the perfect weapon for you. It's what we do. Hitbox. Variety is the slice of life. It only now occurs to you that with every action, with every injury, with every blow traded, pieces of them flake away, and more and more of the acre comes into focus. It is Gaspar's turn. Ayavos, you've prepared so much. It's like you've been planning to leave us this whole time. Then gonna move next to Ayavos, drawing my saber. Oh, snap. I can't dogbite till my turn, so... Mm. I never knew the true name of your soul, but I am owed at least a bit of it. I'm going to cast Hex. No save against that. No save against that. I am going to Hex your wisdom. Mm. Not my good brain juice, my think meat. (laughs) (laughs) He's giving you the big dumbs. Then, while Penn is getting mauled by a dog and Halifon getting slashed by the plowshare, I'm going to sneak in. And get a little slash on Ayavos. That is a 20 total. That just hits with my uh, shield AC. I just have to remember I don't get my extra plus one for the magic weapon. True. True. That is 21 points of slashing damage. That gets reduced to... 10. 10. Followed by six points of necrotic damage from Hex. Okay, okay. Okay. I don't resist that. At the end of Gaspar's turn, I'll use a legendary action to dream of power and cast Sword Burst. Ooh. I need the three of you to make me deck saving throws. I know it's your strong suit for most of you. Right into his trap guard. You said dex? Yes. Only a 13 for hell. 15. 19. So Gaspar makes it. The other two do not. Sword burst explode as a chunk of the plowshare actually flies off and whips around me like a rapid fire satellite and then snaps back to the blade. Mm. Not too bad, not too great. 14 slashing. That triggers a reaction from Pentecost. For level 8, I took the feat Gift of the Gem Dragon. It comes with the ability Telekinetic Reprisal. When you take damage from a creature that is within 10 feet of you, you can use your reaction to emanate telekinetic energy. The creature that dealt damage to you must make a strength saving throw. Interesting. 18. Ooh. Ooh. That is uh, a successful save, which means you take half of the intended damage and you aren't pushed. Good. Ooh. Man, strength save is not my thing. <laughs> On a 2d8, that was a 1 and a 3, so you take 2 damage after it's halved. If that's the end of the legendary action and the reaction to the legendary action, that makes it Hal's action. Hey, yo, Hal. At the start of your turn, you gain three health because you're in my pool. Oh, yeah. Nice. You get a little tender anemone kiss right on your ankle. Being under half of my hit points, Hal is raging, armed, and bleeding. And he's going to take his... Non-bone halberd, as we are without our typical gear, and swing that at Iavos recklessly. 
trying to break through your magically conjured shield. Mm. Uh, that will be a 23 to hit Iavos. That do. All right. Hal's going to dump a smite into this. Oh, goody. I haven't hit you yet. Please give me separate. You take 10 points of slashing damage from the halberd, plus an additional six radiant damage. Six, you say? Six. Six radiant. Gotti. With my bonus action, I bring the butt end of the halberd around and crack you across the face. So that's what that feels like. (laughs) I don't like it. I roll a six and a four. Your shield stops the butt. Hooray! Yes, you have a butt shield. (laughs) Good job, shield. (laughs) Yeah. This concludes Hal's turn and makes it a boost. Any concentration checks for stones? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Just in case. It's, you know, it's really no. working against me here. <laughs> it's saying Absolutely. You took yeah, it's really working against Dean. <laughs> I'm good. Oh, dang. This version of Iavo says Warcaster. <laughs> <laughs> He's got that Warcaster sauce. <gasps> He's got the Warcaster sauce. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fuck off. <laughs> I, I got to give you credit for that one. That's pretty good. <laughs> I, like it. I like it. I like it. I'm not going to lie. I've heard worse pronunciations of it, too. <laughs> On Iavos' turn, he looks into the minds of who he thought were his friends, and a spark of rage ignites inside of him. Anger, pain at the doubt that you're throwing at him, the faith you've lost in him, the faith he's lost in himself, and he casts a new spell at sixth level. He casts Dream Seas on all four of you. I need you... All to make me an intelligent saving throw. Oh, I'm fucked. I cast counter rage. Oh. <laughs> oh, no, my no. dumb little brain. I thought you were about to say that you took like a level of barbarian or some shit. <laughs> you know it. Oh, I'm trained in it. Nice. <laughs> this is my worst save. Same. What's your DC? 17? Okay. If I roll an 18, 19, or 20, I pass. In all other circumstances, I fail. Same. That's a seven. <laughs> So six. I also got a seven, which is a seven. I got a 20. Get on my level. I got a three. (laughs) So the three of you are paralyzed. Fuck. And you're going to take some psychic damage. Oh, Oh, fuck. (laughs) Paralyzed? I can't even use my reaction on account of me being paralyzed. You all take 15 psychic damage. Okay. Ow. Gaspar, you take half having made your save and you are not paralyzed. What does that condition do? Uh, lots of you're immobilized. You can't move and attacks against your crits. And how do they get out of it? Each turn at the end of your turn, you can make another save to break out of the paralysis. But if you fail, you take another 2d6 psychic damage. Mm. Dope. I'm so fucked. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm in. I'm in a bad way there too. <laughs> He's with a that. mind flare. Oh, no. <laughs> with my bonus action, I am going to attack with a plowshare against Talifon. Okay. Uh, that is a nineteen. Did you roll with advantage because I'm paralyzed? Yes, which is okay. why I got a nineteen. Otherwise, <laughs> it would have been worse. Then that crits. Then cool, like that. Yeah, because I'm paralyzed. Good. I don't like that face. <laughs> exactly 40 damage. 40? Fucking. That's, that's oh, that's right. It's, I forgot it was a seventh level casting. Uh, Hal was on 20 hit points. Nice. So Hal is cut down, you could say. Hal fucked. Yeah. 
That's a one out of four. I'm Falafon now. Cut in half. As Halifon falls, so too does any affection you had for him. It's not replaced by hate, only an emptiness, the way you might evaluate a, a cup on a table. An object. Nothing more. Strange little man. Why does it keep happening to me? <laughs> <laughs> what is it about clerics and my characters? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, on my turn, the dog, my faithful farm hound, Fairweather, is going to sink its dog teeth into Pinnacles. 15 plus 10 is 25. Barely. Just, <laughs> just barely. No, it's a dog, not a bear. Never rolled this many D8 in my fucking life. <laughs> uh, you make out with 29 piercing damage from Le Doge. Pentecost returns from whence she came. Really? Doing better than I thought. <clears throat> and again, nothing more than matter. You'll never be her. <sighs> Cold. <laughs> he levels his eyes with Wusha, who's frozen in place. This is my domain. End of my turn. Wusha. Do you cast Dragon's Breath? Because you spit not fear. <laughs> now, since Wuxia is paralyzed, he can only speak falteringly, and he's going to say, Yavos, your Terran, it's family part. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to fail my intelligence save. Just you watch. Hey, look, I did that thing. I fail. <laughs> I had, like, fucking, God, I can't read these numbers. Fuck these dice. I get five. And Iavo says, oh, I'll show you being torn apart. I don't like that. Uh, four psychic damage. I'm just making him scared. My brain. My turn's over. At the end of Wushna's turn, I guess I'll use a cantrip. I'm going to... Oh, you're not frozen, though. No, no, no. Um, so I got to plan carefully to not provoke from you, because that would be most not great. Most not great indeed. I'm just going to... Poison spray right in your face for a constitution save. Right. With my legendary action... Dream of power. 17. That's the DC. Just. You're dipping and dodging every spell (laughs) I chuck at you. It would be Penn's turn at this point. Go ahead and roll me a death save. Success. Nice. Go ahead and roll me an intelligence save. Twelve. Mm. Look, you guys are ignoring how great these roles are for this character. <laughs> Just today, at least. Yeah. In that case, you take two failures on death saves because by luck rules, you suffer an additional. Nasty. Uh, that makes it the end of Penn's turn. So, legendary action if you want to take your last one. Yet. So, let me look at the initiative. Wusha is still here. What up? Kaspar is still here. Uh, God, what can I do to try to slow down Gaspar? It's going to be another con save with a frostbite. I am going to reach into the cold of the earth and make the f- the permafrost climb up your legs. What you need for me, a three? I got you. Eleven. Yay, that's a fail. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to take 3d6 cold, and then you have disadvantage on your next attack roll. Ooh, I don't like that. Not the greatest Ooh. damage I've ever rolled. It's six. All right. Ooh. That disrupts my concentration on her. 
Wow. <sighs> At the end of that legendary action, it's now time for your lair action. <laughs> cool. I can cast a spell. That's very cool. Oh, and uh, I'm going to say Gaspar probably noticed this because he was up close and he's a little more observant than some people. When Iavos cast the Dream Seas spell, you noticed that he was holding Opus in his hand, and when the spell was cast, it started glowing, and then he vanished out of existence, as though the spell book cast the spell and not him. Mm. That's tricky. That's tricky. Pretty tricky. Opus. Iavos is going to take a five-foot step to behind the spot where Pentecost was standing, which would provoke an attack from Gaspar if they want to take it. This feels like a trap. <laughs> Getting rid of that disadvantage is great for me the, from the frostbite. So yes, I will take it. That is a 16 versus your AC. I'll take the hit. Wise choice. As you step away, Gaspar, unaffected by the Dream Seas spell, will slash at your back. That is 11 points of damage. All right. You cut through thick, heavy stone surrounding Iavos's flesh. And where the robe gets cut away, the fabric begins to tear and immolate as a gout of fire shoots out. In his reaction, he casts a fifth-level hellish rebuke. Mm. So I'm sure you'll do fine on your deck save, but regardless... <laughs> Uh-oh. It's bad enough he has to check. No, no, it's 23. <laughs> you will take half fire damage from this. Uh, 16 is your total. Because I rolled 32. Brutal. Gross. Hot. So I think we got a little confused there. That was supposed to be your lair action. But I'll say the five-foot adjustment to trigger the trap is a perfectly adequate replacement for the lair action. And we'll just hand wave that one just a touch. So my turn ends here. Yeah. That makes it Gaspar's turn. But you did step away from me, right? Okay. Does it feel good just throwing them away like that? I know and I do. It doesn't. So you probably won't need those anymore. As Gaspar steps forward quickly and slashes towards Ayavos's neck, where the bells that toll upon his friend's death rest. God damn. Gaspar is targeting the hit points in my heart. <laughs> I thought that's what we were supposed to do, coach. <laughs> now you got it. Ooh, we're faltering. That is another 16. I've already used my reaction to oh, last you. Oh, yeah, that's true. Mm. That is seven points of damage. Okay. Stone skin. Oh, yeah. That is all I can do. All right. At the start of Hal's turn, has Wuxia lost concentration on healing spirit? He has because he's paralyzed. All right. Without healing spirit, Hal can't regain hit points. So at the end of my turn, I make a death save and a save against the dream hell. <laughs> death save first. That is one success. Nice. Intelligence save. That is not success. <laughs> so two fails, right? Yeah. Yeah. This ends Hal's turn and makes it what is probably the end Iavos's turn. Mm-hmm. The sky above the withering acre begins to get stormy as black clouds roll in and manifest over the battlefield. And Iavos holds his two hands out in front of him, the quill staff sticking into the dirt at his side. And as he rotates them, he tries to bend the reality of this place. And striking at the minds of his friends, he 
he releases a spectral lightning bolt, requiring a wisdom saving throw to overcome the fear and terror of this natural blast. Al. I'm better at wisdom than intelligence. Still not good enough. Your boy gets a 15. Oh, so close. <laughs> I'm really scraping. Yeah. That's a four. Jesus. Yeah. I'm not wise. <laughs> I just had to count how many discs I'm rolling because I'm casting this at eighth level. Gross. Oh, God. Gross. Jesus fucking Christ. Because the fight's drawing to a close. I'm actually very pretty low on hit points. I got to go all in. It's a terrible day for rain. <laughs> Five, ten. Oh. How do we cock a d6? I swear to God. <laughs> Dice box. Two more. <laughs> just, just, sure, just, only two? Just two more. You don't want to keep going? <laughs> two, seven. I dare you to kill me. Uh, 68 damage. Okay, I'm dead. <laughs> you, you killed me. That'll do. 68? 68. 60 fucking eight. I mean, <clears throat> even if you had evasion, that would have taken you out, I think. <laughs> How many D6s were these? At level eight? 14. Uh, 14 D6. Golly! Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> would you like to describe this? No one sees... The arc of lightning, the grass parts, the sky tears open, leaves nearby sizzle on trees, but it is your minds that ignite as your ego is scorched away. And so too are their forms. The fallow crown disintegrates and blows away in the dry wind of the withering acre. Somewhere beyond this place, a distance that cannot be measured in feet or miles your friends feel something a hole in their hearts as part of them is washed away you feel a warm hand on your left shoulder and a firm one on your right I was just holding his hand out towards the blowing away ash what have I done I'm sorry come back Nothing here is real, right? This is all a dream. It's time to go home. Home? Spectral hands turn you. The lights are on. Smoke billows from the chimney and beckons to you. Home. Dear Sister Yisvet, I suppose I'm not sure if that title fits you anymore. Regardless, I hope this letter finds you well. I've only recently learned that you had made a home on Zenith. Verata, as I'm told. I'm very glad you found a place to make a new home for yourself, and I regret not reaching out sooner. You never told me you were still here. I know you had your reasons. I'm caught up in all this League chaos. People watching me and my friends all the time. They are my friends, by the way. I feel like you'd want to know that. Anyway, not knowing you were so close left a bit of an emptiness in my heart. 
There's no precedent for our kind of relationship that we've shared. You being a caretaker to a dreamer. Only learning crumbs and morsels from sleep talk. For so long. You may well feel like I desire to start a new life. And be myself. But that isn't happening. They need me where I am for reasons beyond my control. My life is tested regularly. I must voraciously consume knowledge to be of any value and keep up with the vibrant youth of my colleagues. Well, for what it's worth, the moment I awoke and heard your tale, I felt a bond, a kind of gratitude that knows no comparison. You spent your life looking out for me, and I'd never even seen your face. This selflessness, this compassion, it's beyond my comprehension. I wouldn't wish my fate on anyone. But in a way, you shared it, from, I dare say, a more challenging side of the coin. Zenith is a strange place, and no one deserves to keep going alone. You are very important to me. You saved me. I would not be here if not for you. I take no solace in this celebrity. I find no thrill in overcoming these challenges. While we leave a great deal of good in our wake, it all feels a bit fabricated. Like it's playing at being enough, but it falls short, so I seek truths. They're all that really matter. I was going to offer to come at your beck and call, whatever you needed, as a friend, with a life of debt to repay. But that may not be an option. You see, some truths I need lie deep within myself. To tread through this window into far-off places of the sleeping mind, I may have to push myself into the darkness guided by a hand most cruel, and I may not be strong enough to come back. If that happens, just know, you are one of the kindest people I've ever known. Even if I was asleep, I feel that I know you. All those years were not lost. I will find answers. I will make things right. I avos Isadora. Ow! You got, you got thrashed by an old man. How died? I, this is a 15th level I was with layer action. Shit! Mm-hmm. We got thrashed by a souped up old man, an old soup man. Yeah. A souped up soup man. <laughs> oh, the soup, we got the soup man cometh. Soup, soup man cometh. <laughs> I can't even listen to your jokes because I'm still like geeking out about this episode. <laughs> For posterity, I rolled my last death save and it was a nine, so Hal died. I was like, did I roll a 20? No. I'm it's dead. so hard to keep track of fucking reactions when there's fucking five of you. There, like, there on, is, there's a reason when I do the initiative tracker between every character, I just write legend. Because it's the only way to keep track of if you take a legendary action or not. You don't write that shit down. Ain't nobody remembering it. Legend? Legend? But I only had about 16 hit points left at the end of that fight. Nice. I could have used my spells to heal me, but I was like, must kill foes. You know, if I had tried smite from the get-go instead of bless, we had a shot. That's true. Yeah. That's true. 
If he was that close. Alvis was holding back. Yeah. You, you being totally immune to piercing damage meant my only option was to run up and unarmed strike you as many times as I fucking could. One of the main reasons I wanted to do stone skin super early is because the armor turns it into an immunity and I know half the party relies on piercing damage. For oh, yeah. So good. It's pretty nasty. So good. Can I get a favorite moment? Mine is how much my heart hurts when yes. these <laughs> my friends reveal their true feelings. <laughs> It was a lot. And nobody lied, yes? That was all how your characters actually felt? 100%. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Definitely. 100%. Mm-hmm. I really loved the double pen penny action going on and the yeah, like, yeah. The, the split second between the entirely different like thoughts and opinions on one person. That was super there fucking cool. There are two cool. different characters in my head, so I, yeah. I inhabit them separately. Hell yeah. Heartbreaking. I uh, I think I think my favorite moment was the not gonna lie unexpected counterspelling of bless that was fucking <laughs> crushing I, I was, was like clutch. God that fucking got me yeah, yeah that I was, was actually that was the moment when I felt the weight of like we're fighting Iavos was just laws like the delivery was so good too because oh. he's just counterspell. Yeah. And no, it was it was like it was like the fucking anime villain, just yeah. this heart crushing counterspell. In my head, I was like, a first level bless spell from the barbarian? Okay. And then I'm like, fuck, we could have actually used that bless oh, yeah. spell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, that's because he wasn't going for the strategically right. powerful use. He was going for the one that fucking guts you. Yeah. Like, like, right. I 100% agree. That was the moment when I was like, I could not have chosen a better way to do Like, yeah. law fighting the rest of you. That was, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, Swallowing that was the bless. moment where I'm like, I'm fighting my friend. Yeah. Get Iavos's <laughs> spell out your damn mouth. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just going to strike it from my spell Look, list. How I was this- saving counterspell for some big smite smell that was spell that was going to come at me. But right. as soon as you said bless, I was like, you could hear my thought process too. I was like, is it worth it? Yeah. Counterspell. <laughs> yeah. That was good. Oh, that was dropped. good. Literally fucking dropped. I liked so that. Good. So fucking good. That's my vote. Yeah, I think my highlight was uh, the, the dream journey that you took at the start. You know, that was some good flow. Mm, yeah, it did flow was, really well was... considering how super improvised that totally yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, honestly, uh, you did all the stuff that I was hoping you would do, nice. and I did not at any point need to like prompt you for yeah, shit. It it's was like just... you, you both lucid dreamed at one point in your <laughs> life. <laughs> it was it was amazing, and then like the whole setup where he's hearing our voices, it was beautiful. I mean, y'all y'all took my favorite, which is definitely the fucking bless counter. That was heartbreaking. But honestly, I'm just like. I think I am most impressed by Law's strategy. Like, he knew exactly how to play it. He knows what to do. And honestly, that also made me really feel like, oh, this is fighting a friend. This this <laughs> motherfucker knows you inside and out. He knows how you fight. High-level spellcasters in D&D are pretty powerful, even when they don't have a lot of hit points. <laughs> fucking A, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't confident that he would be able to take all four of you, but fuck me, yep. No also, one knows your weaknesses like your physician. Even... <laughs> <laughs> Also, team, maybe we should diversify our damage types. Right. I can start with myself because it's it, there's a lot of me doing piercing well, damage. Gaspar cleverly switched to slashing with his saber. Smart. I'm not going to lie. Part of this was kind of to see, like, how powerful are you guys really? What, yeah. what can you do? What can't you do? Absolutely. How, how much health did you have left? 16. Oh, Jesus. You were yeah. this that's fucking what, close. That's why I was saying in that first round, if I hadn't blessed, if I had just raged and gone in with the smite spell. You might have gotten him. Maybe I I realized as well that instead of slashing for the bells, if I just picked up a piece of the withered acre and slinged it at him, mm. if I aimed, I would have gotten sneak attack. But also, I don't think I can do thirty two 
Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, with the resistance. Yeah, <gasps> even more than that. But that was good. This has been fucking amazing. Let's go around the table. I am Michael Loving. You've heard me here as Harithax in season one and as Halifon in season two. You may have heard me on Kill Every Monster. You can find me at OG underscore Captain underscore Mel on Twitter. That's where I talk about the things that I'm doing. Not always here. That's it. <laughs> I'm Angelo Kaluig. I play Gaspar Not the headless rogue of the Phantom subclass. You hear me here and now. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Max Hobbs, and I play Wusha Brinechild, the Wandering Tide. And I guess after this chapter, you're going to keep hearing more of me. Which I'm super fucking pumped about. You know, honestly, we, it started off with just the intent to have you here and do, you know, a few fill-ins for, for Michael. But you did such a fucking amazing job. And honestly, I always kind of wanted a, like a fifth floating character that I could bring in and out, in and out. And so this is great. And that means that if any of you guys need to take a month off, you can just do that. And if you're, you're hurting for, for you know, uh, time, if we choose the day that you can't work. We got a boy. I can You've, jump in uh, and I'm so excited about it. If you'll forgive the pun, floated the idea of a, oh my god! Of a fifth character since season one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Wusha's here, floated and bloated. Yeah, especially uh, especially in these times, it's a really good choice. It's been it's been so much fun. Uh, I've had a great fucking time, and I'm so happy that I get to stick around. You can also find me at Help Action, uh, help action.com. We are a D and D advice podcast, kind of. Um, we're a D&D advice uh, podcast who does not take ourselves too terribly seriously and you're very funny we do what we can we do what we can they're good Um, boys oh thank you Uh, and you can find me at Dungeon Master Max pretty much everywhere online Uh, fucking come hang out Mm. I am Dana Ebert I play Penny Farthing and Penicos and you can find me online as Mr. Stana RPG or you can find my website at dmdana.com Legit got a little sad when I heard Penny Farthing just now. Oh. Yeah. Uh, my name's Law. I play Iavos Isadora, the dream machine, the <laughs> witness of the Withering Acre. If my cantrip seemed a little strong, it's because at six level, arcane clerics get to add their wisdom mod to their cantrip damage. Ooh, and also at, so at level 15, cantrips are all pretty strong as they are. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah they're all 4d6 and whatnot. Mad props on, on everything you designed for this boss fight. Sweet. Oh, awesome. yeah. And Opus uh, at higher, this fantasy world, Opus can concentrate on a second spell for me at a much higher DC. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he's a concept that literally holds ideas. Mm-hmm. <gasps> he's a thinky book. Mm-hmm. And that's about it other than a slight AC boost that I got. Yeah. <laughs> and retooled my feats. Uh, well, yeah. Creative director slap dash. <laughs> and I'll see you in the mid roll. I am Zach Barkas, Dungeon Boy, who did so little in this combat. It was unbelievable. Like, I even had Michael doing the initiative. I was just sitting here extremely physically uncomfortable uh, and and absolutely worthless. Uh, In general, I feel useless this entire fucking chapter, but... I had an amazing time anyway, and you guys did an amazing job of creating this. Don't talk about my dungeon boy that way. Beautiful <laughs> chapter. I also want to thank Hedegar the Editor. These are really rough edits, and honestly, you would figure that as we went on, we would get better at making these editable. But we have failed. We are getting worse. The episodes are getting longer with more and more pauses and more and more overtalk. Sam, I am so sorry, and I love you very much. Also, I want to thank Bree Golden again for the amazing dice box map that she made. If you want to check that out, please join our Patreon. She's supposed to have her own Patreon that you can find at goldenstylist.com, but it's there's nothing there. Uh, <laughs> so if you want more of her work and you want her doing things, please, please bully her. 
and make it happen. Uh, that's what cyberbullying is for: getting people to do their life right. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, that is the that is the good use of cyberbullying is when you're bullying them into bettering themselves. Exactly. Drink yes. some water. Go work out. Uh, I'll be there for you. <laughs> Schedule an appointment with a therapist that you've been putting off. You stupid mm-hmm. asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cyberbully anybody. This has been great. Next chapter is going to be a fucking doozy, so get ready for it. And until next time, we wish you luck. Back in the field where the fallow crown did battle, the falling rain curls around an unseen form, more of a silhouette than a person, so faint, just a little trickle of golden stardust. Do whatever makes you happy, Iavos. I won't stop you. A scent of stagnant water, rust, withered gray, his body dust, but in his mind are hidden ends and secrets kept from loving friends. So pull them from the place he slept, reveal where his heart is kept. And the road of cobblestones leading to the farmhouse faintly glows with sky-blue fairy fire.